Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is episode number 110. I am Brian Drew, and I am here with Matt Wright. Hey, Brian. Hi, Matt. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while since our Kirk episode, a few weeks. Today, we were going to touch on two fairly recent events. One is the 35th anniversary of TNG, and we're going to look back at previous anniversaries of the show and what they're doing or not doing for the current anniversary and what you know <laughs> the plans are, obviously, for next year with Picard. And then we're going to talk about the news involving the fourth Kelvinverse movie and its rather murky future right now. The non-news almost. Yeah. But first, TNG. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Star Trek, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Yes. It's turned <laughs> 35. Do you remember do you remember where you were, Matt? Did you watch? So I actually did not really watch the first season of Next Gen live. Okay. I was not You were pretty um, little, right? Yeah, I was I was young. And at that time I was sort of being introduced to TOS, just as like mm-hmm. a new thing to me. And so I didn't really know Next Generation was a thing until at some point, probably when was that? So probably the summer of 88, you know, just after this first season had ended, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, by the way, did you know there's a whole nother thing? And I was, you know, my young mind was blown and I was like, there is. So um, for me, I was actually spared some of the worst of TNG, you know, that whole, <laughs> you know, oh, my God, this this is the new Star Trek show kind of feeling that lots of people had in 87. Yep. Um and so I got the, uh, if, if people who are around them remember, uh, sort of as a way to catch fans up who'd maybe finally caught on to the fact there was a new Star Trek show and also to pad the season because the writer's strike for 88, um, there was a whole uh, kind of filler syndicated um, primer to TNG that was mm-hmm. put up before the season second season started. Yep. So I got the Cliffsnotes version of like TNG season one from that and then started watching. Oh I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So so no I, I didn't actually watch I could have I, I I just but I didn't. I was actually still sort of figuring out what this whole Star Trek thing was. <laughs> yeah you were you were probably pretty young at the time. Yeah I was like five. Yeah yeah I was fourteen and had been a fan of TOS for probably close to eight, nine years at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I watched it the night it premiered. I was in New York, WPIX in New York. Um, and it took a little getting used to that first night. You know, its rhythms were <laughs> yeah. very its rhythms were very different. And, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously the first season, it was shaky. But um, watching the first episode as so-so as it was, it was, there was clearly enough there to come back for more. You know, right. um, and it, you know, it was a, it, it was a strange thing to, to think that there was actually going to be other Star Trek besides the original cast. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something that of course this day and age we take for granted that there's multiple flavors of Star Trek, but that right. was right. not a thing. <laughs> no, for the first, you know, 20, 21 years of Star Trek's existence, it was just one show. Yep. And, you know, four or five movies. So, yeah. So, you know, obviously there's been a lot written over the years about how it took. There are still some parts of the fan base that do not accept anything besides the original series. Um, yes. Yes. 
but I would like to think that that they are mostly a minority and that TNG has been pretty widely accepted as a pretty good TV show. I, I, I think so given I mean look look at how look at how big it is how big of a deal it is uh to have the cast back together for yep. card season 3. So yeah, I think yeah. I think we've accepted that there's yep. a next generation. And you know, <laughs> speaking of the cast next weekend uh, is Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. Oh, that's right. Which up. will feature in what is likely to be the last public appearance mm-hmm. of the entire Next Generation cast together. Yeah, so, certainly seems like it. So that will be special. That's huge, yeah. Yep, and we will be covering it here at trickmovie.com. Yes, we will. So Matt and I had been talking, and Matt brought up a few good points about what has been done in the past to celebrate TNG's anniversaries. And the 25th, Matt, as you pointed out, is when they finally started remastering yeah, the show big, into HD. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, huge. We were so, I I mean, you and I, as, as you know, whatever you want to call it, video files, whatever, cinephiles, right. et cetera. Home, home, and home, fi- home video enthusiasts. Yes. yes. We're very thrilled to see that they were going to go back and essentially re- redo you know like recreate these episodes from their original source elements yep for next generation and and man was it amazing i mean it's and it's still i mean you know i'm a little jaded because that's now the versions you get but like it was amazing and it still really is because when you view these things you know when you view this on a nice tv or whatever man they look the wonderful. detail that was in like the model work and all yep. this stuff, like gorgeous. And there's a whole layer of you know, just amazing detail that was captured on 35 millimeter film that then just kind of got dropped when it was dubbed, you know, and on VHS basically. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into this much, but like in the era that TNG was made, you would shoot on film, but you would edit and master it on videotape. Yep. So the, the film elements did exist. They just were not being utilized throughout the entire process they were just the right. capture mechanism which if people you know as, as i sort of alluded to a few minutes ago that's why i say they basically went back and redid all the episodes because yeah. the raw footage is there but they had to go back and re-edit all the footage into the right order yep. you know find this visual effect shots put them back in in the right yep. place i mean it is it is a true like labor of well, love, really. Yeah. I mean, because uh, the Akutas were involved, much of the same team that did the TOS remastering that almost yeah. was that six years prior at that point. Right. But it was yeah. a much bigger job. T- TNG was oh, a much bigger much job. bigger job. I mean, seven seasons, recompositing everything. Rebuilding together. it. Basically, just yeah, rebuilding the show. Truly rebuilding it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I think you and I have discussed this before. It is probably going to remain the biggest remastering job in Hollywood history. Oh, ever. yeah. I don't see anybody ever d- diving in like that for anything no, else. I, I, I can't imagine. It's kind I mean, of amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was such a gift and it's a shame. I wish that maybe the studio had conveyed a bit better what exactly yes. they were doing at the time. That way, I think there would have been more financial support from the fan base. I think yeah. some element of the fan base was like, oh mm-hmm. man, they're selling us this stuff again. And I get that attitude. I absolutely get that. Yeah. Because studios have a bad habit of doing that. But that's not what this was. No. And I remember a lot of people who went, well, geez, they're selling it to us again. And then we all know eventually there'll be a giant box set, you know, whatever. 
And then what, you know, one of the many sort of problems with that, of course, is, well, gee, this is how they were gauging if they should cough up the money. Yeah. To do this ever again. Well, and the answer was, uh, no, we're not going to cough up the money to do this again. At least not right now and not in the, not in the next decade right. which they is never, why ds9 and voyager yeah. have been left to languish yep. in standard that's definition. why the last they didn't come back to it because they finished the uh tng remastering well sometime in maybe 20 early 2014 i think it was it sounds about right um, and so they had they were at a pivot point of do we keep this team together or do we dissolve the team and they all go their separate ways and yeah the the, the lack of response and sales among other things I just went, okay, whatever. Yeah. Guess not. So, but anyway, but we did get TNG. We got great documentaries and extra features and all sorts Heck of stuff. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, amazing documentaries. Really good stuff. So, it was a wonderful 25th anniversary gift. It really was. I, you know, 25th anniversaries, I think, are special for Star Trek. I just, some, I yeah. think, because the 25th anniversary, of course, of, of TOS in 91 was amazing as well. Yeah, it, it was an amazing time. Yeah, it really was. That's that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's one of the peak moments of Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Because the original cast came back with a roar with the Undiscovered mm-hmm. Country and and TNG had finally hit its stride. So you had exactly. these two such a great time. You had the two basically the two juggernauts of Star Trek both working really well at the same time and it was it was great. It was great. So I think I think the same kind of feeling happened around the 25th anniversary of TNG, which is like we got to do something really special to celebrate it. Which yep. was the remastering. So. Right. And as we've discussed, I mean, I, to, to Paramount and CBS and whoever owns Star Trek at any given time, the, those two shows they consider the crown jewels of Star Trek, which is correct because that's what, you know, based on everything you see in merch and everything else, that's clearly what Star Trek is to a lot of people. So it was important for them to get both those shows sort of future-proofed. Yeah. So that they can continue to be enjoyed, yeah, on streaming syndication because yep. all of Trek is still widely syndicated. Yep. And then we get another five years go by. You know, get to thirtieth anniversary, and of course, you can't top making you know <laughs> remastering the show. So they right. couldn't do that. But there were some really big reunion panels at conventions. I remember a huge one at, in 2017 at Star Trek Las Vegas yes, was, was yeah. there. And that was fun. And I think that was the last time the cast was all together. I think you may be right. So, yeah. Wow. So that means it'll been five years since they've been together in one room. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Next week in New York comic con. I think it'll been. Five yeah. Years. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. But yeah, that was a little more low key in the sense that, right. There was not like a, you big, can't top that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so it was just a lot of special appearances and stuff like that. They didn't, yeah. And in 2017, the, right. The, the new CBS, like Star Trek universe hadn't had taken off yet. So there were no other shows that they could somehow be integrated into. But of course today <laughs> it's a whole different ballpark. Right. Which brings us obviously to the 35th anniversary, mm-hmm. which while there's no huge thing happening this moment in time, we obviously know that Picard is coming the entire TNG cast. And that's about as big a gift as you're ever going to get an anniversary celebration as you're going to get back together. Uh, the, the entire, I mean, the whole cast raves about their parts in this yep. Picard season three. 
Um, so, hey, if, that's great. Um, very exciting to see February. Yep. You know, not too much longer, really. It's September. Yeah, I know it feels. Yeah, we know it feels far away, but it will it will get here quickly. Yeah, and it'll be something to perk everybody up during those cold winter months. And I expect, although this is you know not official, but I think we all kind of expect that for Star Trek Day, so in September twenty twenty three, would we get the box set of all the TNG movies on four K Blu Ray? Yes, yeah, absolutely. They've, they've been sort of doing that release cadence now with the other movies so yep and then of course because current season three will be out and watched well before september they'll you know get to carry on that wave of tng cast nostalgia and excitement and release the movies so we fully expect that to happen as well absolutely absolutely and i think it's fair to say next week at comic-con there will probably be a full-blown trailer I mean, we've gotten two teaser trailers already. Now it's time. You got to do a little bit. You got to do a little bit more than that now. Yeah, show us the goods. Come on. Yeah, I think it's time, and I think they will. I mean, if you're going to bring the whole cast there and put them out on the big stage, yeah, you're not going to just put them out. You're not going to bring them out there with like a 30 second teaser. (laughs) No, you don't just waste that. Right. Waste that good good energy there. Yeah. I think a lot of people are very very curious about it. Oh yeah. So yeah, next gen approaching middle age. <laughs> Not quite there yet, but approaching middle age. Yeah, I, it's just funny to see it at 35th anniversary when it was like, it doesn't seem like TOS's 30th anniversary was that long ago. No, you know? it really doesn't. It's so you know, I remember weird. that. Remember they had that big, like uh, live thing with like mm-hmm. the all the actors and stuff. That was kind of goofy, that thing. But um, but that was 26 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. You know, it's just wild. When TNG was only nine years old, it's just like it's just, and it just doesn't seem like that much time has passed. It's wild. It's wild to think that the TNG cast are now older than the original cast were when they did the Undiscovered Country. Yes, isn't that crazy to think? Like, what? yeah, 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 they are. As- Which goes back to why uh, Terry Metalis, showrunner for season three, has kept said that he wants to give them. A proper send off the way yeah. TUC was for yep. the TOS crew. Yeah, yeah, they, which I yeah. agree because, as you guys, if, as listeners of this podcast know, especially when we did our Nemesis rewatch discussion, that movie kind of hates itself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not good. It's not fun. Nobody's having any fun making it. It was not. That was not the way to go out. So I'm so no. glad that they're going to get something better. Me too. Well, all right. Uh, on that hopeful note yeah <laughs> let's change universes <laughs> yes <laughs> to the kelvin universe yes so what's been happening in the kelvin universe man? oh my well i mean I, th- I think everybody who's who's following this sort of stuff was not in any way shocked when paramount officially pulled the supposed 2023 movie which of course here it is late 2022 so that was almost impossible anyway right um from their schedule just pulled it off entirely. Shocker. Wait, no, not really at all. <laughs> I don't think anybody was shocked by that. No. No. Uh, I mean, it was it was way more shocking that they tried to, to say that back in February of this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Like, we're, we've got this thing in place. Like, we're going to start filming by, you know, kind of late 
late this year, 2022, and it'll be out ready in 2023. And even back in February, you know, it was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so obvious they pulled it out of their ass because they had nobody under contract. They had, they they caught everybody off guard that day. And and yeah, that's the most embarrassing part for them is then when asked every time people would ask them, ask the actors, they'd be like, yeah, actually that was the first I'd heard of that. I don't know. No one's called me. And it's like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, and and there is a certain there's a whiff of like maybe just doing that to make the shareholders who are watching it thinking that yeah we've got this under control we're gonna get this done. Yeah, it does and definitely. It has a yeah, it has a whiff of that. Well, and it very much reminds me of the same. It's funny too because it's it's still for the fourth movie, just a very different version of when they pulled the same kind of let's trot everybody out and say this. If if you remember, they did that during the beyond press junket where they pre-announced the next movie when beyond, which is the third hadn't even come out yet. It was crazy. And they're like, yeah, man, it's going to come out. We're going to have both, you know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine. It's going to be great. And it's like, what? Yeah. But that was another, that was another, um, it was a stunt because, uh, beyond was not tracking very well. I don't know. And it, and it was actually just come out. So there's no way they knew. Right, but you like know. beyond, I think they knew that the tracking data for the box office for Beyond wasn't going to be great, and Abrams felt he needed to like raise the show, raise the profile a little bit somehow, and so he just said that. The math for that, look, we've discussed this, and there are there are the podcasts that we've done, basically about the economics of Star Trek in general, and this group is specifically. We we talked about it a lot in um, the one we kind of jokingly called the Chris Crisis. Right, I think it was back in 2018. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Yeah, I mean, what we said in there pretty much still stands because <laughs> it still stands. Yeah, no, because like, I mean, we can go over it a little bit here. First of all, the, the two Chris thing was never going to financially. Just getting this, those, just paying those two actors would be enough to bankrupt the movie. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to pay the rest of the cast. Like it was just, there was just no way in hell that was going to happen. Yeah, you'd have two Chris's alone on the ship because they couldn't pay for anyone else. You know. Yeah, the the Kirk boys, the Kirk boys would go on a mission or something. Um, but as we've discussed, the, the the big problem all the Star Trek movies have eventually is that the above the line cost, and that means the actors, the director, the producers, anybody who's considered above the line. Yeah, if you see their names come first, kind of thing. Right. The director, writer, a lot of people who producers, yeah. But in this in this instance, we'll focus more on the cast. This has always been a problem with Star Trek, where the, especially as the as these movies continue, the actors get paid more. Mm-hmm. The budgets don't necessarily grow all that much, though, for the movies themselves. So what you end up having is a is a cast that is soaking up a disproportionate amount of the movie's budget. And you don't have that much money to make the movie with. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you figure, like, think about the Kelvin Universe cast. So you've got two, so, like, in this theoretical two Chris's, right? The two, the Chris Pine and the Chris Hemsworth movie. Both of those guys are considered leading men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hemsworth, of course, has went on to be very successful as Thor. Right. Uh, also, joining him in the Marvel Universe, so I saw Donna went on to be very successful. Yep. Uh, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, she was very successful. In Avatar, 
you know, and so it's like, hmm, that's three people that are part of very successful other franchises. They're going to want a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like just They just do. They command quite a bit of money. So it just, yeah, it gets harder and harder to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... That is a huge stumbling block all by itself. And that's the same problem that happened with TOS and TNG. Same exact thing. Oh, yeah. It just, I just don't see how it's a... I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that the big roadblock that they've run into is Pine. Probably. Pine knows he's in the driver's seat. They can't make the movie without him. So he... God knows what he asked for. I mean... I mean, that's total speculation. Obviously, we don't know if any deal were made, any offers were made or anything else, but you would have to think he's the big stumbling block. I tend to think so, but yeah, it's so hard to say. You can't make a Star Trek movie without Captain Kirk. There there are other potential reasons besides financial that it got shelved too, is because Matt Shackman, who mm-hmm. a lot of you may know from WandaVision, he was the showrunner of that, talented guy, was going to be directing this movie. And I think they were locking a story into place. And then there was a regime change at Paramount. Right. And new head guy over there basically took whatever was being developed and blew it up. This was months ago. Yeah. And I think they continued to work on developing the script, developing the script. Eventually it looked, seems like Shackman got tired of waiting around to try to figure out where this thing was going mm-hmm. and left the project about a month or so ago to go direct Marvel's upcoming fantastic four movie. Yeah. So, I mean that, you know, having a rudderless ship on top of probably having major financial headwinds, which is may, may very well explain why the whole thing got shelved. I mean, they haven't formally canceled. They haven't formally canceled it. They took it off. I don't the think calendar. they've ever canceled any of these. I think they've shelved every single right. one of these. Right. So they, yeah, but they yeah, but yeah, all they did was pull it off the calendar. They did not, and then they put a new date out. That's the key. They didn't say, okay, we're pulling it off to December twenty twenty three, and we're gonna, it'll come out in February. It'll come out in February twenty twenty five or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, but they didn't do that. But sometimes studios do that stuff a lot, you know. Oh yeah. They just move it up a year and they go, okay, next year then. So they're, they're clearly in flux. And I think now the question they're probably wrestling with is whether they want to continue bothering with trying to wrangle this cast together or just start over. You really got to wonder, um, you know, I wonder that a lot too, because not only between costs and whatever else, but like at this point it's been, you know, since 2016 in the, yeah. in the, in the meantime, the entire tv universe of star trek has exploded that's now what most people well i don't know about most people let's say most fans think right people who are interested in it yeah yeah um supposedly now just as an interesting counterpoint right we keep hearing from even the new executives uh when they poll people about the trek movies i guess i don't know casual fan casual fans or something chris pine as kirk is still what people think of so that's why they keep coming back to maybe they should try and do one more Kelvin universe. Maybe I don't know, man. It's so hard for me to like. There's no momentum. I mean, it's been six years since Beyond, and Beyond did not burn up the box office. So this is not 
there's just not a lot there to propel it other than Chris Pine's name recognition, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's not even like he's get going by gangbusters, you know? No, I mean, he's a, he's a fine actor, but he's, yeah, he's, he's more of a supporting actor or a lead in smaller dramas kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not like a Marvel star that would propel it. No, no. He's a fine actor though. Oh yeah. No, he's a good actor, but just, he's just not that person. Right. Right. And then there's the whole economics thing about how much money do you should be spending on a Star Trek movie and whether that is even worth doing anymore because Star Trek movies, you, you, you don't want to only spend studios don't want to spend a hundred million dollars on a Star Trek movie anymore because they don't think yeah. they're going to get the return on it. At the same time, they don't want to commit to spending 200 million plus like Star Trek's in a weird kind of nether region. It always has been, yeah, but it always has been too. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's never, been able to really support giant budgets it just hasn't yeah well you know the one thing that i i still think was sort of a mistake but again this goes with regime changes and some other stuff going back to slightly smaller and, and more interesting things was noah holly's idea what little we've heard of you know kind of came out about it, it it was but probably had nothing to do with the kelvin cast because that was one of the budget saving things Right. So, like in that sense, it was new, right? It was like a new group of people, new you know cast of characters, um, and it was made with a with an eye to being a little more budget conscious. Yep. And you know, it's just like, okay, why why can't we allow that? Why couldn't they just do with you know go with that? He's the right kind of person for this. Yeah. If you were going to do that, of course. Now he went off to another one of his like sci fi. You know, loves, which is how he's writing a TV series based on the Alien franchise. Right, right. You know, he didn't wait around, nor should he. Right. Well, I think part of the issue with him more than anything was the story, which apparently had a kind of uh, virus aspect to it. Yeah, but I get that part, you know, but like, it's been... I don't know. It seems like they could unshelve that about now and it would be okay. Maybe. It's been just long enough. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they're planning, what they're going to pivot to now. Whether they maybe they go, yeah, go dust off something. Hey, man, they may even go decide to t- just throw it up against the wall and try to produce the Tarantino thing. Who the oh, hell knows? Oh, man, yeah. The I Tarantino, mean, the Tarantino right? thing, as far as I know, that's a finished script. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, so, yeah, from what we hear, it's all done. Like, that's what people have said. Yeah, so, I mean... I think that's still a long shot, but depending on how desperate they are to make a splash with it, they might try it. I mean, yeah, if you want to make a splash, right? Tarantino's name. Yeah. So Quentin Tarantino makes a Star Trek movie. We'll get people to notice. There's no question. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? So yeah, Star Trek feature films are once again in a total state of flux. (laughs) Yeah. Total limbo. Yeah. It's just so odd. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know. If, and you know, as we've discussed, there's so much Star Trek on TV right now. Do we really need a Star Trek movie right now? No, and yeah. see, that's the thing that I keep thinking about. Be it's the whole like brain confusion thing, right? Which is like, yeah, uh, right now the branding is very much focused, and rightfully so, on the CBS Star Trek universe. What would happen if suddenly there's posters for a Star Trek movie out? being advertised up in the middle of all this stuff like it's gonna it's gonna cause confusion I feel yeah like. 
Well, especially with and, Strange New Worlds right now. Yeah, like Strange New Worlds is literally on the Enterprise, et cetera, et cetera. And it's gonna, so it's we're like, going to see Jim Kirk, too. Yeah. So, I mean, they just... Yeah, that's right. Of course, yeah. Kirk has already been cast. Like, we've seen him once. So, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense that they're like, oh, and by the way, there's two Jim Kirks. They're very different. But don't worry about it whatever that's kind of why i like the idea of no holly's thing which was going to be different yes it's going to yeah. kind of start over yeah and that may ultimately be where it goes yeah we'll see you know the other thought and well who knows is is the whole you work on things from the tv universe into a movie form kind right. of work them in up into it but i don't think that's necessarily wise either no, I think Star Trek right now, especially because it's on a streaming platform, is very niche. Yeah. So it might be difficult to springboard those folks into a feature role when they aren't particularly well known. I know? think so too. You know, TOS did something totally unprecedented in its time, which is like it got resurrected 10 years later as a movie. Right. Which basically, that's happened since, but it hadn't happened before. Yeah. And it's still very unusual, right? Yeah. That a failed, what many considered a failed TV show, though we all know that's not exactly true, but it was considered a failure, mm-hmm. at least for, <laughs> at least for a couple a couple years there, and then they were syndicated. Why did it make a lot of money in syndication? It was everywhere, yep. but um, but it's just never, you know, that's not that's not usual, right? That's not typical, right? And so, and then of course. They sort of tried to repeat that to some degree of success with TNG, right? It went in seven years, and then they were like, cool, you get to go up to the big leagues of the silver screen. That whole phenomenon and the concept of what's the big leagues has changed anyway. Yep. Now Prestige TV is Prestige TV. That's where it's at. Mm -hmm. So there isn't this idea that you're getting promoted to the big leagues if you make it to a movie. No one. That's actually not really the case anymore. It still is to some degree, but but in this instance, yes. And you can make a strong argument that Star Trek is not particularly well suited for feature features anyway. You can certainly make that argument. I think we have on the podcast. Yeah, Star Trek is a Star Trek is a TV show. I mean, as much as there are some of the Star Trek movies I love very much, but on average, they are so so. Yeah, I mean, as we know. One of the problems is you have to distill something down that's often complex, often should take, you know, time, multiple episodes, seasons long or something to to make sense. And you have to distill it to two hours. And it's like, well, what do we do? Well, but somebody wants revenge. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like. Nah. Right. Yeah. And you start. Yeah. I mean, you start repeating yourself over and over again. Yeah. So they they're going to have they have a lot of work ahead of them to try to re. re- rethink the whole thing and where they want to go with it. But I wouldn't expect to see another Star Trek movie for till 2024, 2025. Man, that's so long. It is. Yeah, and like I said, it's, I just it's don't, crazy. It's not, yeah, and it's not going to be with the, I think the Kelvin thing is probably dead. Well, especially cuz the longer we wait, the more they age out of who they're supposed to be. Right. Right. I mean, Pine is already in his 40s. Pine's going to in a few years, it'll be roughly the same as Shatner was when they did TMP. So, yep, you can't really have them gallivanting around in the five-year mission when it's that is definitely not where they are. No, chronologically, it's like the age, no. you know, yeah, the actors. So, 
Yeah. So yeah, it, it yeah, but the, there's a if, if if there comes a time when the Kelvin universe is officially put out to pasture, there's definitely a, a podcast or and probably a series of articles as well to discuss <laughs> what happened. Oh yeah. Why this whole thing just tilted and went bad. And it's a shame too, because I mean, we said this in our podcast in praise of, you know, sort of the idea in Star Trek 09. I mean, it was kind of nice the way they sort of hedged things, which is they gave it kind of a reboot, but at the same time they made it clear. We didn't just like wipe out the prime universe and everything you already love about it. Yeah, That was the best. That was the best thing about that movie was that conceit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, there's this nice potential for it, but then, you know, meh, here we are. It's still not really taken off. Yeah. Now, it'll be an interesting conversation to have if this is indeed the end of the Kelvin era, but we don't, we, I don't think we know that definitively yet. And we probably won't, and we probably won't know that for a while, but there's a large discussion to be had about what happened. Well, you know, there's stuff that I can't, you know, someday I would love to know, for example, there's a totally un unproduced uh, third script that was written yeah. by Bob Orsi yeah. uh, that was scrapped, and uh, Simon Pegg and Doug Jung made made something instead, which was a fun script. You know, it was a fun movie. I liked it a lot, but it wasn't perfect. And I, so it's just interesting. Like I, I would love for that stuff to kind of surface if once the era is over, right? Like that stuff can kind of serve. Yeah. I'm sure Bob Orchie's got that in a drawer somewhere. I have no doubt in my mind that that will eventually, that will eventually find its way out in the world. And that would have featured William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. That's right. Although obviously Leonard probably would not have lived long enough to do it, but, but that was the plan to have them in it. Even if it was only for a few minutes, I assume they were just going to be playing older versions of Pine and Quinta for a little, they'd be, you know, some process yeah. would happen where they would you know, age quickly and then they'd be Shatner anymore. But yeah, so there's a whole script out there that I'm very curious about. Speaking of scripts, you'd be very curious to read. I want to see that Tarantino script. Yeah, oh yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of even a lot of non-Star Trek fans want to see that script. Oh yeah. I mean, Tarantino fans at all probably right. want to read that. I mean, he didn't obviously write that script the way he writes his movies. He had another writer doing it, but he was clearly involved. Yeah. So that would be very interesting to see. At, at the very least, I would love to get a good summary, even if he just set, gave a nice quick summary in an interview. I'm just very curious to see what he actually was doing. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like it had a piece of the action kind of a vibe to it. Big, Yeah, big piece of the action vibes from what people have said. So, And it and it sounded like it was going to be like a pretty hardcore like version of the original series, like but like like literally like TOS. So Yeah. And then somehow also old William Shatner, who's older, is in it somehow too. Right, and then he wanted Pine in it as well. Yeah, like I don't think. Yeah, I, he's the kind of guy, he doesn't give a shit about different universes. It's like whatever, I want to use this guy. I'm going to use this guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just gonna throw it all in there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that would, yeah. So the the road not taken sometimes can be very interesting to explore. So hopefully, as time goes by and a lot of these projects fade off into history that, you know, people will feel more comfortable sharing, you know? Yeah. I hope so. Stuff. That'd be cool. Those two are definitely intriguing. So, yeah. You know, for now, this it's not like there is a, like you have to wait. It's not like you have to wait every couple of years now just to get your Star Trek fixed. That's, that's clearly right. not the case anymore. So, yeah. You know what? If it comes back, great. If it doesn't, you got plenty of stuff to watch. You got plenty of books to read. You got plenty of, you know, 
Yeah. And there's at least two more shows in development. Right, right. We're not lacking. We're not lacking. No, no. So hopefully when it comes back, it'll come back and it'll be worth coming back for. I hope so. You know? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, for now, put it back in limbo and we enjoy everything else. Yep. And we'll keep our (laughs) eyes open and uh, the adventure continues. Well said. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got this week. We just wanted to kind of check back in with the listeners. We're still here. (laughs) We're still thinking about topics. We've got more coming. We do. We have other stuff coming. Absolutely. We have to assemble the whole crew, which is not quite there yet. Yeah. But we have other things coming. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you very soon. Bye, everybody.